I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, Carol Gonzalez, to the show. Welcome, Carol. Thank you very much, Tammy. And it's a funny story how we kind of got in touch. Um, I I had found like a lot of behind the scenes featurettes of the American Adventure, which is like my favorite Epcot attraction, and they clearly had names of everybody who is like a little co-host in the video and carol listeners was actually one of the main co-hosts and um i just thought well let's see if she's online and there she was and got in touch with you and we were just shooting messages so thank you for answering a strange person's emails (laughs) (laughs) no it's great fun and i had not seen that uh that film so that was really funny when you when you contacted me. That's the first time I had even seen it. <laughs> well, I will put a link below in the show notes for people to go ahead and check it out. The clip starts at 16 minutes and 19 seconds in. And so just so you can get like a little preview of what Carol got to do. But Carol was a costume designer for Walt Disney World and for WED. So Carol, can you tell me a little bit about your introduction, maybe pre-Disney? What in the world got you involved in working with costumes? Because it's such a unique, um, I think it's such a unique aspect of working in the entertainment industry. Well, I went to the University of Arizona and studied theater and graduated from there, got a scholarship to the University of Utah and went for my master's there and got to dance with the ballet company there. They were one of the only resident ballet companies at a university at that time, so I was really lucky. And I decided it would be the easiest thing to do the costumes for that ballet company And I got my master's degree in costuming. But then I went to New York and wanted to be a star. And that didn't pan out. I worked some, enough to, you know, to support myself. And then I came back home and got married and was in Southern California and was um, costume director for Knott's Berry Farm originally and met the people at Disney. And we became friendly. And when these special projects came up, They got in touch with me, and I went to work for Disney. The costume designer was was at the park, was based at the park, and I worked directly under him as a costumer, sort of a liaison between that designer, the designers up at WED, and the powers that be. (laughs) So was the American Adventure the first attraction you worked on, or or was there something previous to that? It was up there. It was, uh, what was the car one? Um, World of Motion, right? That's it. That's it. That was the first one we completed up there. And then we went to work uh, on American Adventure. And the man who started that was Randy Bright. And I happened to know him personally. And I probably should not say it, but American Adventure was my very, very favorite <laughs> the whole, of the whole project. I love that that video in particular features a lot of Randy explaining the 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 hard work that went into that project and sadly he passed away early or way too early um and so what was what was that experience working with him individually because he seemed to know what he wanted Well he did he had a definite vision and since we had become friendly uh, he lived here in Yorba Linda where I live and our our boys played soccer together. That was our intro. And it was really just happenstance that I got assigned to that. And um, he had a definite vision, and everything was very, very detailed. 
uh, we went way back and researched uh, the world <laughs> to to get it right, you know, in our in our estimation. And he was he was wonderful to work for because I'm detail oriented as well. So we just we really clicked. And all the other the other people, you know, from WED were there uh, working on the same projects. So that was Marty Sklar, and uh, it was it was fabulous. Just fabulous. There was so much going on at Epcot and everybody was trying to hit those, you know, last minute quotas because, you know, Epcot was going to open very soon and all these people were right. going to be introduced to these attractions, which is why we have the TV special that I have linked in the show notes below because you guys were prepping and showing the craftsmanship and the hard work that was going into this final product and which was a unique it was a unique visual experience to watch it because we don't usually get that behind the scenes glimpse as often because, you know, you want to preserve the magic. But again, it just makes it all the more interesting and uh, and the admiration for for the Imagineers and everyone who worked on that project. It just grows for me and my and my point of view. How long do you think that the process took from beginning to end? Because it sounds like you were on board from the very beginning. I was, and it was probably three years, four years. I kind of forget, you know, my past life. But, uh, yeah, it was about about that. And we had what they called buy-offs up at WED. Everything would be completed for a particular figure, or audio electronic figure or whatever. And we'd have buy-offs, like, at dawn. We were we were struggling with some really serious deadlines, you know. So we were all burning the midnight oil. I can only imagine because you have to do, you you have to cover. I think it was over thirty five auto animatronics, correct? That you had to work yes. on, and yes. that's yes. everybody is so unique. And in the video itself, you were explaining that sometimes it takes hours to just put the costume on and to work oh. with it to see, you know, how it's going to react with the movement because you can't really tell. It's not a human being, obviously. So right. can you go step through step, you know, with how that kind of worked out for? just testing everything out and making sure it was working along with the audio animatronic itself. Yeah, the figures themselves uh, we would of course measure and whatnot and try to try to scale things to the movement that they did, but uh, they all have um automatic underwear, <laughs> long johns, and it's made of of a, of a stretchy fabric, uh very elastic so that the garments themselves won't get caught in the joints, like at the elbows or the thighs or the knees or whatever. But oftentimes, you know, we would, well, we would be kind of off track and it wouldn't quite work the way we had envisioned. And we'd have to start all over again with another set of long underwear that would would work better and then go with the regular garment. And it's true. Some of them were very difficult to put on. And you could never remember if the left leg went before the right leg or the right arm went before the left knee or what and um but some of them then were simpler too, and all of it all of it was so enjoyable it was just such a treat and to be able to work on it to be allowed to work on that project which one of the figures do you in your opinion was one of your favorites to costume? Oh my goodness um. Who's on the horse? 
<laughs> George Washington was on the horse, I believe. That the oh, yeah, because he doesn't I, okay, talk yeah, at all. Yeah. <laughs> now see, see, you've looked at it more recently than I have, so I have to go way. <laughs> no, back it's okay. I was just there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. You can give me all the hints. The hints. <laughs> I loved. I loved that. I that was that was great fun. You know, to to get him on the horse and get him moving and watching where he was going. <laughs> and you yeah, can't barely like, see him in the show because he's like I in know, the which, background. It, <laughs> I know, and that's that's so sad because he is magnificent and took endless hours of work. But I, yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, I loved your fun. little tidbit. Um, you had a you had a great fun fact for the video itself saying that the banjo player's shoes were found at a relief mission in Los Angeles. So you guys were really keeping your eyes open for anything that would work. Right. We were going to garage sales. I mean, it was it was really kind of silly, but to find, you know, the right thing. And where do you find a pair of, of dated shoes like that that have been worn worn down by by some banjo player maybe before? Who knew? Well, that yeah, and, and also that, nobody, that. nobody's going to be, well, I, I guess in a way, nobody is going to be seeing it up close. So nope. it, it's, it's, it's those miniature tiny details that you guys were very, very, very strict with and making sure it worked perfectly, even if you weren't going to be able to be that close to the, the figure. Right. Well, if anybody ever gets that close, I know that they'll enjoy those details. I'm hoping. But it is kind of sad. (laughs) Work that hard on something that small, and then nobody ever gets to see it. Well, apparently they have tours. They have a four-hour tour that goes from Magic Kingdom to Animal Kingdom, and I think, I believe, it ends in Epcot at the American Adventure, and they take people... They take people right behind the set to see how how it works, and I'm desperately right. hoping I can get to one of those tours. <laughs> oh, do it! Oh, do it! And I'll tell you something: I worried about the danger involved in changing out those costumes for the the people who were there on staff at the park, because they were most of them were on elevators that and. The basement, <laughs> the bottom yes, of the attraction true. is way, way down. And those figures go way, way up. And they're balanced on individual platforms. Wow. And while some of them don't have even rails around them, and that did, wor- that did worry me greatly at the time, but it was also kind of a fun, you know, double dog dare you thing. <laughs> well so but, so yeah. how often do the how often do the cast members themselves have to, you know, go in and, you know, clean the costumes? Is it every year or is it every couple of years? It's you know, it's whenever it's needed and uh, as seldom as as you can possibly get by because you know, you don't have we only have one costume for those figures. So when they are redressed we have to retire them briefly while they get cleaned up and then put them back up. But um, and sometimes a costume will wear, you know, in a way that we didn't we didn't expect it to, and then we have to go in and repair those. How how often do you think that you would have to create another costume for the same figure? How long do you think it would last? Would it last ten years and then you have to switch out with a new replica? I would I would think easily 10 years and some of them especially at the park that you know we've had more experience with have lasted longer than that. Yeah. 
and then uh, and then you have to, as I said, retire them briefly and change them out. But then that's a big pain because the the people who are on staff want them to be exact replicas, and ten years, fifteen years later, that's that's tough, if not impossible, you know, to do. You just have to come up with as close as as you can possibly come. Well, what about what about um, Benjamin Franklin? Because one of his figures is walking up the steps, so that must have yeah. been even more of a, a hullabaloo for you, just to make it sure is. that the the clothing was going to react in such a way that you know, with the other figures, it doesn't. That's right, it, and you really have to be careful because there again, the knees and the ankles are moving all the time, and uh, it it can sometimes be very difficult to to keep the the fabrics out of those joints, and that's that's why we have the long underwear. Did you ever get to meet any of the voices of the attraction itself? Did any of them come to maybe an opening day, or were you there for opening day? How did that work? I wasn't. Uh, let me see. I can't remember. I don't. I can't remember if I was even there for opening day. I was there so much, and if I met any of them, and I'm sure they were there, I didn't really know it because I was usually, you know, busy. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. How How did the testing go? Did you Did you just incorporate the figures' movement, and did they also put the sound with that, or was it just yes. let's work on the movement? No, we had the sound. We had the sound because okay. it had to be, it had to coordinate, you know, really closely. How How ahead of time did you have the sound? Since the attraction came out in '82, you said it was about a three year process to get everything completed. Oh. So I can only assume maybe you were working with their voices for over a year. <laughs> well, yeah, we really were. Uh, the they tried to have the sound up for what they called the buy offs. They had a buy offs at WED. We would. Uh, Said they would set up the scene, the, the figure, everything complete, and then they would they would generally have the sound on those, and then Wed would okay it, or they would say, well, maybe the collar needs a little fixing or what, you know, get down to the nitty gritties, but uh, they would they would approve the whole thing, and it was the entire scene, so it was it was big a big uh, deal these buy offs up at Wed. American Adventure, in, in my opinion was the most detailed, um, the most refined, uh, the most extreme of any of the attractions. Uh, and as, as I said, it was absolutely my favorite. I suppose you're not supposed to have a favorite, but that's my favorite. <laughs> no, you can have a favorite, and it, and it's still there after all these years. Uh, it's probably one so of the fabulous. only ones not touched. <laughs> I know, and I haven't been back and I would love to see all of my animatronic friends again, you know, at this point, see how they've weathered and how I've weathered the years. We did have a man, who, uh, Ed Lossman, who did what we called aging. And after the, the uh, costumes had been completed for the figures, he would come in and essentially age them, make them look like they'd been worn or the knees were gone, or, I mean, kind of ruined the costumes in a way. And he was an amazing gentleman and had such a talent, and I have no idea where he got it, but he had all these tricks of exactly how to make it look like it was saddle-worn or chair-worn or banjo-worn or whatever it was. 
So he was a key figure as far as I'm concerned. And and you mentioned, you know, really this just came to my mind. You mentioned that you went to New York to be a performer. And when I watched this video, you were one of the most natural speakers in the oh. video. So I was like, oh, she knows what she's doing. And I kind of thought you would host the rest of the program because you're you're so natural in front of the camera. And it seemed like it was like a one take wonder with you that you kind of just went along with the scenes, which is great. So it, it was. was, you know, is that why they specifically chose you? You know, I don't know. They just called me one day and said, you know, would you be willing to do this? And I said, sure. And they came <laughs> out to uh, to the shop that we had off property near near uh, Disneyland, and um, we shot it right in in the workroom, and the guys who were shooting it were fabulous, and we got the giggles over you know things, <laughs> and it was it was a one shot thing. They they showed me a, a script of what what I was supposed to say, and it was pretty easy. I loved it. I loved it. It was, you know, back to my performing days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was cool to see that some of the people in the background, there was this one particular lady behind you on the left-hand side that was looking directly at the camera and trying not to smile, and it just made me laugh. <laughs> well, you know, had I, as I said, I haven't even seen the whole thing, but that would have made me laugh, too. And all the stitchers, were, I mean, they were teasing me, of course, in the workroom. <laughs> And they were giggling and trying not to giggle, but they were, and it was fun to have them in the background, and they were really working. They didn't stop working. No, yeah, they they were doing their own thing, and usually it's like, who's behind the curtain, you know what I mean? And sometimes they don't like to be put front and center, but they did a great job. (laughs) Yeah, they were darling, all of them. We had such, such a good group of people working on them, and such talented people. Oh, my goodness. The man who was the pattern cutter was just magic, just magic, and the stitchers were darling and worked worked feverishly on the whole the whole project. This is something else. Everybody on the American Adventure project had a true personal passion for it. In my estimation, we all just got so involved, and it was such a huge team effort it was i mean we were together morning noon and nighttime too and and no problems you know everybody just was passionate to make it exactly right a lot of unsung heroes so i'm glad i even found you on the on the tape you know what i mean because there really yes. is no you know uh list of who worked on what that is publicly available um but you know when you go from the american adventure to the next project what was the next project for you after that because you spent three years on it yeah well in japan you know uh, uh japan was uh well we were almost finished with japan they sort of went in tandem and it wasn't uh wasn't nearly what the American Adventure was for me, anyway. Um, and then, and then I was gone because I I went to work for them strictly for those projects. I was there just for those projects, so that was a, like the four years, yeah. And then, wow. and then I left and went on to you know some private some private uh, projects out of out of Disney World. Hmm. Well, you have that on your resume, of course, and all these new yes, projects. And what yep. can you tell our listeners about your, your upcoming projects? Anything we can look for? Because you're still working uh, unbelievably, and I'm so happy for you. You know what I, I mean? mean you're crazy. just amazing. 
everybody I know is, you know, retired and loving it, and I can't imagine doing that. Um, I'm really fortunate that I have this fabulous ballet company right here locally, and that takes my my time and my heart and and uh, my caring. I worked the the beauty pageant uh, industry for a number of years, and frankly, the travel was great fun, but bathing suits not so much. Uh, the the international costumes were fabulous, but uh, you know it. Uh, it just wasn't quite my cup of tea. <laughs> I prefer more imagination going into it. Uh, it's just exciting to get really into it in great detail. Because you leave behind a legacy. It's there. And and the stories behind it, it, it makes it so more authentic as, right. as a presentation. So, That's you know, right. it, it's unbelievable. So, you know, it, it, it was so great to talk to you. And and before we wrap up, I have three Disney themed questions I ask each of my guests. So oh, we'll, uh, <laughs> they're called the Fab Three. They're easy. Uh, we'll okay, start with I the uh, so. <laughs> we'll start with the Donald one, which is as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Actually, I saw Bambi and uh, we were in Washington D.C., and my dad was uh, had uh, headed up the photography department for the United States Navy. And I don't know why, but they had an original screening down at the Navy Department, and it was put on for me <laughs> in a little a small, you know, projection area. And um, my dad and the people that he worked with and their families were there, and. I remember vividly that uh, the ladies' room called me someplace in the middle of Bambi, so they shut it off until I could (laughs) go out and come back in. Oh, Lord. (laughs) But Bambi has stuck in my mind all these years, and it crushes me to see it even now. I just, it breaks my heart, but still my favorite. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Snow White. And finally, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Small World. I, did, I worked on Small World for Japan, and that was another one that was so detailed. It drove me crazy finding stuff. And at that point in time, maybe the song kind of got on my nerves finally. But <laughs> no, I think, yeah, that, that I have to just say that right away. Oh, and they were they were even tinier figures. <laughs> yes, they were. Oh God, and they were very difficult. <laughs> so that would be more difficult. A, a lot, and, and between the difference of the small and the lifelike, you think the smaller ones are definitely the harder ones of the two. Oh yes, yes, I do, I do. And maybe they didn't they didn't move um, in such detail as the as the uh, large audio animatronic figures. But, uh, but oh, tiny stuff and little braid, no, and little yarn and tiny feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, I do have one thing I'd like to tell you about. Um, at the University of Arizona, I was in a sorority, and Sharon Disney, uh, Disney daughter, was my sorority sister. And she and my boyfriend were best of friends because my boyfriend always fixed her car. <laughs> and and to have to have followed in the Disney, you know, family that many years later and in such a different role, it just it tickles me. She was 
funny. She was a funny girl. She just, she made everybody laugh. And um, I can't remember going through Rush. She said something about her father. Uh, I can't remember if she said he was, he painted. or he, uh, She's had some silly reason or, or, or job for her father instead of, who he really was. And he and Mrs. Disney would come over for mom and dad's day or weekend or whatever it was. And they just, they just fit right in like your friends next door. So you get, really you, you did get to meet Walt Disney at some point. I did. Oh my gosh. Crazy things. You know, <laughs> when I was working oh my for gosh. him, of course not. But, but right when he was connected to my sorority, absolutely. If, you hadn't seen him so many times you never would have known he could have been a truck driver or whatever yeah just yeah they were just very humble real people oh my gosh wow at least at mom and dad's day they were <laughs> well carol we, we ended that interview with a bang good job <laughs> how about that I, you know i just happened to think of that and i thought well you you would love that fact oh yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. I wouldn't have known. That's amazing. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for being on the show, Carol. You know, it's it's great to commemorate 35 years of that attraction, believe it or not. And Uh I'm I'm so glad I could finally talk with you about it. (laughs) I'm delighted. And someday I'd like to see the whole film. You know, I had no idea. (laughs) And it's fun to get acquainted with you, too. I hope we can follow up with each other just... Keeping keeping tabs. Once I built a tower, now it's done. Brother, can you spare 